Welcome to the Abide Podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about the difference between religion and relationship and how we can enter into the light and easy yoke of God's performance-free love. Since the beginning, God has always desired to have a family of sons and daughters, but religion has shackled many into simply serving the Lord, stripping them of their true identities and turning them into slaves. So if you're feeling worn out, tired, and burdened by the demands of religion, then come to Jesus. Learn from him as he teaches you to walk in the effortless rhythms of grace. All right, welcome to the Abide Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Young, alongside Alyssa Alyssa Short. Short. Jinx, yummy soda. Mm-hmm. Or a pop Actually, if we you're already, from the Midwest. This morning, me and Alyssa went to Whole Foods and there was a like uh, hashtag not sponsored. No, we're not sponsoring <laughs> Whole Foods. Um Build your own well, it's a juice bar, I guess, right? This is my first yeah. well second time in Whole Foods. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was not my second time, but it was my first time knowing they have a create your own juice blend juice bar. Yes. What did you get in your what juice did you get? Um, I made a blend of the carrot juice, which is a beautiful orange. It's for me all about the color of my juice. Right. So I don't want. It looks beautiful. Right. So I was I was trying to keep the color palette pleasing. So I have this carrot blend of ginger and carrot and lemon. Tastes good. And then I combined it with some pineapple and apple. Yeah. So I I got like. I kind of shied away from the greens, but I just got all (laughs) greens. It tastes like dirt. You got yeah because you got greens and beets. I went for the health, and Alyssa went for the wealth. Yeah, she well, went for the taste and, and the look. I haven't finished mine, but you did. My and, insides and health, will be thanking me it's, later. It's led to, to two bathroom visits before the recording. So. Yeah, well, you're going to have to share that. I think but. it's working. <laughs> um, so yeah, today um, we want to talk about something special, something that is a big topic in our lives, and uh, it's religion versus relationship. What's the difference? Yeah, and I think I'm so excited to share on this because I think that that phrase, that, um, specifically, it's not religion, it's relationship has become... I feel like so many, like, I think it's like, like people, like churches that don't even like understand what that means, they just say it. Yeah. Like, it's like a cool saying. It's like, just something it's not, to This say. isn't religious, this is like, this is all about relationship with Jesus or like, you know? Yeah. And we, and we know that in our heads, um, I think as the church as a whole will say that, yeah, it's about relationship. It's not about religion, but I'm a prime example of saying that and not having any revelation to what that truly means. Um, I grew up knowing I was saved by grace through faith and memorizing Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It's by grace we've been saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. And so I knew that I couldn't get initially saved by my works. But what I experienced was that almost immediately after salvation um, of grace through faith, um, not by works, it was this intense um, burden of working, um, of of trying to earn and keep my right standing with God as a Christian. And you know that... that kind of like keeping your salvation, like keeping yourself yeah, safe. Yeah, like though, On like his good list. Yeah, even though I knew, I knew being, being raised a good old Baptist, I mean, I knew I couldn't do anything to um, pluck me out of the hand of God. You know, I knew my salvation was secure, that my behavior so wasn't going it, to yeah. make me not be saved anymore. But what it could do, um, at least I thought, what it could do was make God disappointed in me. Um, and who wants that? Right. You know, and so in order to keep him from being angry or disappointed with me, I fell into this trap of religion, of works. Um, 
and just trying to do more for God, knowing that Jesus gave the sacrifice he did, Mm -hmm. um, instead of just receiving that as a free gift, it was almost like a gift with something attached. Even though I knew Jesus didn't do that, it was like my response to his goodness was, it's too good. I don't deserve it to be that good. And so I'm going to prove to you or give back to you. You gave me your life. I'm going to give you my life. Right. Um, but not out of an overflow of having received his. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to pay him back for what yeah. he did. And this is almost, I think, glorified in the church, um, what I'm talking about here. Um, and we have, we have these phrases. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Um, but then we have these other phrases like, don't you think it was hard for Jesus? You know, when he bled for you and died for you and mm-hmm. gave up his life and the least we can do is live for him. And there's this pressure um, to be a good Christian, to, to do the right thing and to kind of do right so that mm. we can be right, right before God. And this mentality is not what God had in mind um, when he created us. And it is 100% religious and man-made. And from experience, I can tell you, I now know the true difference between religion and a relationship. Um, and one of the biggest things for me was that religion leads, led me to this cycle of frustration, right. um, of never being able to do enough good um, never been ever being able to lead enough Bible studies to witness enough to get enough souls saved. Um, there was always more I could be doing right. to be better because the standard is Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm trying to do everything right all the time, if I'm trying to you know have all the answers in my youth group or sing the loudest during worship or raise my hands or close my eyes or do whatever I can to kind of get God's favor and attention. Um, it's religion. Right. It's not, it's not a relationship. So I think really the question that we want to go over today is, what does that phrase even truly mean? That mm. it's not about religion, it's about right. a relationship. And I want to kind of expose how much of Christianity today is not scriptural, is based on religion, right. is not based on the new covenant um, that we have on the finished side of the cross. And I, and I, I feel like it kind of goes back to, like, what is our view of God? Um, like when you were talking about that, like the difference, I think that it's easy to get caught up into what you would call religion, which is, I guess I would define as, um, you know, obeying a set of rules or laws or, you know, whatever the, the ordinances of the specific religion are in order to get something from God or in order to get to God, you know? Yeah. And so... Um, I think that's kind of like, if we see God as like lacking something, like is God, like, do we have to ask ourselves, like, is God like lacking something? Does he need something from us? Yeah. You know, I think that's a big thing for me is like, is God complete? And like, is he, is he okay with who he is? Or like, does he need, like, why did he create us? You know, yeah. like, did he create us um, because he was lacking and he needed, um, people to worship him like did he create create us um because he needed the attention or the you know like i said the worship or the companionship like did he need something or did he create us out of a abundance like an overflow that he mm. create us out of um he's complete he's perfect and he just wanted people to share that with yeah right and so i think from for me 
um, when I was kind of growing up and even now, like it's still something that I'm trying to get out of that mindset of like God, the God of the Bible, like the true God, he's not lacking anything. Yeah. Like he, and it even says like, Jesus says like, he never desired sacrifice. Mm. Like that's something that people wanted to do. Like people love sacrificing. Like that's just what we do. Like we, we feel like we have to give something. Right. And like, and God just wants us, like he just wants relationship. And, um, yeah. yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I think that's like for our listeners, like, how do you view God? You know, that's something that you can think about yeah. as you're listening is, um, you know, do you view him as, as someone that needs something from you or, yeah. or do you think, you know, that's so interesting. And I think that that's, and I know that that's a question um, of identity and it's something I was trained with a tr- like a like a trained response yeah. for that for the question of why were you created um, and if you don't know who you are if you don't know why God created you it's gonna filter into every single part of your being into mm-hmm. everything you do every choice you make every relationship you have and the trained response to that question um, why were you created um, the correct response in all my Bible classes growing up, the right answer was to worship, to worship God, God or yeah. for the glory of God. And I would say that's what most people teach today. We were created to worship. Right. And while that doesn't sound like a bad thing. It's it's a partial truth. It's like yeah. it's like um <laughs> like worship is is great and like God deserves to be worshipped, but it's not right. like like I was saying, like he was complete. Like he had angels to worship him. Right. So like, I think it's deeper, and I think you're getting to that, obviously. Yeah. No. It. it yeah. It, it is. Yeah. And I think that um, me understanding finally why I was created is what allowed me mm-hmm. to start having a relationship right. with God instead yeah. of having just an understanding of Him, um, paired with a desire to know Him more, or paired with a desire to look more like Christ. Um, that's not a relationship. A relationship has intimacy. A relationship is real. A relationship um, can be can be can be messy. A relationship is something where you lay everything out on the table and you trust that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and how are you going to do that for a God that created you because He wants something from you? Um, and does God deserve our our, our worship? Yes. Course, yeah. and, I, and I love that you said that he, yeah, absolutely. And it is good to worship God. We're not saying it's, it's wrong to worship God. Um, but one word I love to focus on is the word overflow. Right. And so just like you were bringing up, like, was God in lack? Did he need to create a species to worship him out of needing this worship? Or, or could it be that he is so complete and whole in who he is, lacking nothing, that out of this overflow of who he is, which is love, right. he created a species of people to pour that love into right. that we may receive it. Right. Um, so I believe the correct answer to why were you created is not to worship God. I believe the right answer is you were created to be loved. Yeah, period. to be loved by God. To be loved by God. And when we know that that's why we're created, we'll be able to receive his love. And guess what happens after you receive his love? You, love you worship him. Yeah, you worship him. Out it's... of this overflow of having received from him. And I love that you brought up sacrifice because so often we try to offer him a sacrifice, especially in worship, I think. 
Oh, yeah. um, because our lives can be dark and um, we can be going through terrible times full of fear, relationships falling apart, doubt. Our home life can be just falling apart. And then we come to a worship service and the worship leader um, is just really wanting everyone to participate and worship. And he's trying to lead people into the presence of God um, to worship him. And there's this pressure, right. I always felt anyway, of giving something to God during songs and pra- of praise and worship of, you know, whatever I'm going through, like God, God needs my worship right now. Um, I, I, I am to worship him. And I was trying to do that without having received Right, from him. yeah. And the truth of the matter of sacrifice is, is that God doesn't want anything from you that you haven't first received from him. Right. So if I'm offering God my worship, that's just my best effort, my best attempt to offer him something, um, to do something that looks like what I've been taught worship is, um, it's all that that is. It's my attempt, which is self-righteousness. And God is not interested in our best attempts at worship. He's not interested in our best attempts at loving him. Um, Our best attempts fall short. And scripture tells us that, Mm -hmm. that we all fall fall short of God's glory. Um, That's why it's so important to know, first and foremost, we've been created to be loved. Mm -hmm. And out of being loved, you are going to be able to give God the pleasing sacrifice, which is the love he provided for you. He doesn't want Cody's, Cody Young's love on your best day, your best attempt to love God. He wants the perfect love he's lavished upon you. And then out of you receiving that out of this overflow of receiving from him that you're able to love him back, you know, and it's make, and it makes sense truly when you think about that. So I just think it's really important to start this conversation of religion versus relationship with at the very beginning. Why did he create us? Um, it wasn't yeah. for us to do something. It was for us to receive right. something. I agree. Yeah. And I think that um, kind of going back to the worship time that you're talking about, like, you know, growing up um, in church, like you kind of see that two hours or however long it is on Sunday mornings is like, okay, this is my time to like give to God, you know? Um, or maybe you do like Bible studies or whatever. You kind of like compart. I think what religion does is it compart? It kind of puts God in like a compartment of like, okay, this is my God time. You know, like my Sunday mornings, that's all devoted to God. I'm going to give him everything on Sunday morning. And then my Wednesday night Bible study, going to give him everything. But it's like, God God wants, like with relationship, it's, it's all day, every day. Yeah. And like, he wants to commune with you, like on your way to work, like, as you're cooking breakfast, like, you know, whatever you're doing, um, you can be talking to God, you know, like Jesus went through all like the cross. He did everything to, to tear the veil between that was separating us and God, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was the old covenant. Like only certain people at certain times could meet with God, you know, and, um, it was a very like limited access. And, um, I think now what, what I want the church to, to understand is that, relationship with God isn't just your devotional time in the morning. Um, you know, it's not just when you go to church. It's like you can talk to him. You have that privilege and he wants to talk to you like all day. Yeah. Like wherever you are. Yeah, truly. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's so true. And a lot of that has to do with our view of church, right? So we go to church. It's a building. 
I mean, it's our time to give back to God. It's our time to do what we're supposed to do and check in with God. And that's exhausting. It is exhausting. It's exhausting to have that mentality. And maybe even while you were talking about... And why would you like... Like then, then it's just like church is a duty and that's just like, it's just not yeah. the way it should be. Yeah. And I think we know that most people would say, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to church because it's a duty. Um, but truly underneath it all, it's, we know it's like the right thing to do. We've almost been conditioned. Um, like if you feel guilty, like if you feel guilty for like missing Sunday morning service, there's probably an issue. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important that we kind of have this moment with ourselves where instead of just assuming that we understand religion versus relationship, it's so important to, to kind of evaluate how religion could have infiltrated your life at some point and ask yourself that of like, am I a product of man-made religion? Have I been influenced by religion more than I think I have? Um, I've, I've been doing this the past, you know, four or five years of just seeing all of this, um, so many thoughts, so many things that fueled me every day um, to try harder and do better, um, I've realized were not of God. Um, they were words spoken by man. And some of it were words spoken by man from centuries ago that have just been repeated over right. and over again. And we've accepted them as revelation truth, and it's not. Yeah. Um, and so I think that this topic couldn't be more important. And I love that you brought up the veil being torn because we need to realize the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. So in the old covenant, the Jews had a procedure of getting to the presence of God. Um, the presence of God was contained in the temple and there was a veil in between the person, the sinner and the presence of God. And there were these steps that one had to take in order to be made right and acceptable and pleasing to, to enter into the presence of God. Um, we see this in the Psalms with David, just almost this desperate plea to be in the presence of God, or Lord, please don't you know remove your presence from me, or how I long to be in your temple, right. he would say. And we kind of read those things and we identify with them. We say, yeah, how I long to be at that worship service. That was sick, man. And I felt the presence of the Lord, or we long to, to walk through the doors of church so that we just kind of feel better. And the reality is, is that something happened when Jesus said it's finished. Right. And not just in the spiritual realm, it manifested into the physical realm. That veil was torn from top to bottom. No one cut it. No person ripped it. It was supernaturally done. And the vision that we have from that is if this veil that was blocking the sinner from the presence of God has now been torn, because now the bread is the presence of God live, not behind a curtain, inside of every believer. And so what you were talking about of, you know, talking to God while you're making breakfast. Yeah. I mean, well, that's it's like not you a forget. Chore. I think people just forget, like, and we're talking, you know, like when you believe in Christ, like you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he lives in you like you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I think we just forget that. And I think the main thing is just God awareness mm. changes everything. Yeah. Like being aware of the fact that he's with you at all times. Yeah. And that, it takes yeah. the, the religious pressure out right. of it. Mm -hmm. um, so the veil being torn means, guess what? There's no more doing. There's no more doing and there's no more striving. There's no more steps needed for you to be made right to enter into the presence of God. Like because God like wants to live in you. 
Yeah. Like he enjoys it. It's his pleasure. It's not like right? you have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he wanted to. Like, Je- like you got to think about that. Like Jesus came and did what he did because the Father wanted you. Like he wanted yeah. to live in you. Like it. Like you never like begged God to live in you. Like you never begged God to go to the cross. Like when you were a sinner, He died before yeah. you even knew Him. So it's like that was all His plan. And so like for us to think that when I mess up or stumble, like He leaves me, or you know, like He's only with me at certain times, like when I'm doing the right thing. It's like no, man. Like yeah. He. Yeah. So David's David's heart and emotions should not be ours right. as believers because he lived in a dispensation in a covenant where God's presence was hidden. And we live in a place, a dispensation of grace where his presence lives in us at all times. Um, so his, his whole remove not your presence from me, that's not our prayer. Yeah, if you're, if you're a Christian and you're reading through the Psalms, and, and this is why, I don't know if it's in Timothy, it talks about um, rightly dividing the word. Yeah. And what what that means is you have to understand, and we're going to get into this in further podcasts. There's a lot to talk about today. But um, there's a difference between the new covenant and the old covenant. And we're going to touch on certain things, but like a lot of the stuff that you read about in the Psalms and even the old covenant, like with people saying things about God, like what what Alyssa's saying with um, David crying out, you know, about, you know, don't take your presence from me. If we're reading that today as modern day Christians, like in the new covenant, and we're having that same heart cry, then we're not understanding the scripture correctly. Yeah, not dividing it. We're correctly. not dividing it correctly. Absolutely. Because if we we have to understand that in the new covenant, he says that I'll never leave you or forsake you. That he yeah. lives in us. Yeah. You know, in the old covenant, the Holy Spirit would come upon people for certain times and periods. Yeah. But then he would leave. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and that's not the case with us today. Right. I remember um, someone, I was at a Bible study and someone was reading a psalm. Um, David was, as he as he so often is, just dis- distraught and raw and vulnerable and in this psalm. And I was, you know, had my eyes closed, was receiving um, the scriptures and, and meditating on them. And I heard the Holy Spirit just whisper to me, what David was longing for is yours. Right. You have what he longed for. Um, and that just, it changed so much for me when I realized that it's not just about David. It's just that mentality of what am I longing for? What am I trying to achieve? What has religion taught me I must do to, to have God be pleased with me? Um, what has religion taught me I must do to feel God's presence? Um, what has religion taught me, you know, I must do to be worthy of being before God, of coming before the throne? of God in prayer. Um, what have I over the years of my life just chosen to believe what lies have been told to me that are keeping me from intimacy, Right. from intimacy? Because if you don't know how forgiven you are, if you don't know how worthy you are of his love because of what Jesus has done, it will keep you from having intimacy. Mm-hmm. And religion, and religion likes to tell, you know, what religion does is it points out people's sin it points out our unworthiness in order to get us to repent. But then once we, like, kind of come to God, I guess, in a way, like, after that process, it, like, keeps us down. Like, our identity doesn't change. Like, we continue, like, religion continually, 
um, forces people to look at their sin, to look at how great God is, but then how worthless we are. Yeah. And I think um, something that, that changed my life was was realizing that the cross, um, it doesn't. Ex- it's not meant to expose your sin. It's it's meant to remove your sin. Yeah. Um, and it, it exposes your value, and um, you know, people, you know, I heard this from a pastor one time. Like, when you're going car shopping, like, you know, you you pay what the car's worth, and 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 sometimes you even you know try to knock down the price. You know what I'm saying? But people never pay more. Than, the, than what it's worth. And Jesus, like, he gave his life for us. So that means that we're worth the life of God, which God is the ultimate being in the universe. Like, there's nothing more worthy than God. Mm-hmm. And he deemed us worthy of his own life. So it's like we have to start seeing ourselves as, he, like, the way he sees us, as worthy. Yeah. That we are worth, like, <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's, it's crazy, but... It's like something that when it really hits your heart, like Jesus deemed me worthy of his life. Um, yeah. And he and he did that because like that's my worth. That, that changes everything. Yeah. And I think that religion will never tell you what you just said, right. that you yeah. are worthy. The message of religion truly is the opposite. It's a focus on your sin and how unworthy you are. Yeah. So you better do this. You better try harder. Um, you messed up this week. You fell into temptation again. You better try harder. You better get an accountability group. You better um, put more focus on on waking up earlier so, so that you can repent of all your sin before you start your day. I mean, the focus is completely on your unworthiness. Right. And a lot of people are sitting under teaching week after week after week in Sunday services that focus completely on how unworthy they are. And we become blind to seeing that this is not the good news of the gospel. Right. The good news of the gospel is not that once we've been saved, we are now so still, so unworthy, but thank God for his grace. I mean, this mentality can best be summed up in the phrase, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Right. Well, it's like, which are you? Yeah. Like, are you a sinner or have you been saved by grace? Exactly. Because being saved by grace means that you're something new. You know, the Bible talks about being a new creation. Mm. What does that mean? You know, it's like, yeah. I think, you know, growing up in, in a lot of the churches too, like that I've been a part of, um, that's kind of like, like people say that, but it's like, I don't think we truly grasp the depth of what it means to be a new creation. Yeah. And it's kind of like being talked out of both sides of, of, of the pastor's mouth, right? So it's, you get tastes of good news. You're like, yeah, we're new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. You're a sinner saved by you, grace. All but, in the same breath. Yeah. It's confusing and it's frustrating. Which one are you? You know? Yeah. And I like that you asked that question. Which one are you? Because truly we cannot be both. Um, so that whole phrase, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I don't know who said it, but I wish they never had because, and let me tell you, for those of you who are listening and may not realize this, it's not in the Bible. Right. Um, that phrase. Uh, Paul never writes in his letters to any of the churches, and now you're all sinners saved by grace. This is something that we have man-made. Man has 
created this phrase to identify ourselves, to identify right. the church as this is what the church is, a bunch of sinners saved by grace. And let's put the focus on how imperfect we are so that we can be relatable you know, to the world and say, oh, we're all just a big mess. We're all unworthy. We're all sinners. Um, and this is not good news. Um, this is a partial gospel. This is a, not even, this is a um, erroneous gospel, wrong error filled teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, what are we? Are we sinners saved by grace, still unworthy? Or, or did something happen when Jesus said it's finished mm-hmm. and the veil was torn? And it goes back to what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do on the cross? You know, it's like, I was saying before, like, I think the, the typical understanding, like you ask someone, what did Jesus do on the cross? And it's kind of like, well, he took my sin away. Um, you know, he saves me. Okay, well, then why is it that when we stumble or fall into sin, then we feel like we have to get right with God again? Like, did he really take all of our sin away or was it just partial? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it feels like more work. And, and I think like... a some some type of uh, indicator of maybe you're believing wrong or maybe you haven't heard the fullness of the of the gospel, the good news, is like, do you really want to share it with people? Mm. Like, do you enjoy sharing the gospel with people? And not out of guilt. And not out of like, yeah, not yeah. just because your pastor like tells you you need to share it, not just because like the Bible talks about like the mandate of sharing. Right. Um. But is it flowing? But like, out is it of actually you? like good news? Because like good news, yeah. you want to tell people. Like, if you get mm-hmm. good news, like you get a job, uh, something good happens to you. Like, it's so hard not to tell people. Yeah, it's like so hard. But like, if it's not good news, I just feel like a lot of people, like a lot of Christians, don't really see the gospel as good news. Like, I think yeah. it. I think like, and that was kind of me for a while, where. If I was honest, like, I didn't really want people, like, I was like, I don't even enjoy being a Christian that much. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just hard. Like, it's self-discipline, all this stuff. Like, I mean, like, I want to share, like, because I love Jesus. So, like, I do want people to know Jesus. But I'm less like, it seems like, like, unbelievers and stuff have, like, more fun. You know? Yeah. Like, I just, I just, I just didn't associate the Christian life with like joy or peace or rest. I saw burned out, tired missionaries, pastors Mm. at the end of themselves, just trying to make it another day, praying for Jesus to come back and save them, Mm. you know, from this wretched world. And that's just not good news. That's just sad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, where is the power of God in that? Yeah. It's all like human self-effort trying to please him. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And the problem with that is that when we rely on our self-effort and our best attempts is that we always fall short. So our best attempt is never going to cut it. Not only does it never cut it with with God as far as being pleasing to him, it doesn't cut it for ourselves. So the church's solution to lack of closeness with God. If, if you were, were to go to many um, pastors and Christian counselors today and say, you know, I just, I really don't feel God. I don't feel close to him. I don't feel maybe intimate with him. The church's solution has kind of been more doing. Right. Um, most Christian counselors, if, you, if you've met with them before, maybe you're coming to them with an issue like depression or just struggling or going through a dry season, however you want to word it. Um, unfortunately, the response is 
a list of more things to do. Well, have you been reading your Bible? Well, have you been praying? Have you tried joining a Bible study? Um, as if doing leads to intimacy in the first place, when the reality, the only thing that leads to intimacy is realizing what was accomplished when Jesus said it's done. So why don't you tell, why don't we tell them what exactly Jesus did on the cross? Let's, let's, let's break down the good news. Yeah. I'm going to go for that. Yeah. So you already kind of um, op- op- open that up a little bit. Because it's like, because like, like, I feel like we're talking and I don't mean this to be like kind of uh, pretentious, like, oh, we know it and you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't want to yeah. do that. But there has been a truth that, that, that has set us free. Like, I believe yeah. that. Like, We've been changed by what we're talking like, about for yeah. sure. <laughs> so let's, let's share that. Yeah, absolutely. With people that, that may be confused. Like, okay, like, what am I not getting about this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it's a good idea. So you kind of already brought up about how sin. So a lot of us would say, you know, what happened on the cross, um, Jesus defeated sin. And now we get to go to heaven when we die. It's amazing. That's the good news. And I grew up going to church, going to Christian school, which means Bible class every single day. And I had my testimony typed out on my computer and saved every right response to every question. I just knew it. Um, and so if you would have asked me to tell you the gospel, I would have done it backwards and forwards and thought I nailed it in completion. Um, but the truth is now looking back, the gospel I thought I knew was a partial gospel. It was good news, but it wasn't the good news. Mm. And now knowing the fullness of the good news, and there's always more as a thing with the gospel. The gospel is not, um, the story of Jesus dying on the cross. Um, the gospel is the meat of the word. It is our hope every day. It is our freedom, our healing, our deliverance. Um, everything I teach is the gospel. Um, I don't need to make up sermon topics. It's the gospel every single time um, because it's that powerful. So what do we mean by, by it's done um, and, and to enter into intimacy instead of, instead of religion? So what really happened on the cross um, a lot of people, and myself included, I just always focused on heaven. Mm. On the cross means that when I die, I get to go to heaven. I was mm. going to hell, and the good news is that Jesus rescued me mm. um, from that eternity. And now I'm which gonna, is great. Like if that's all it is, that, that would be yeah. enough. And that's, but it's it's not relational though. Yeah, and that's I mean that's what I thought was enough, and I was I was so okay with that being enough because it's huge. Right. Um, you know, like, but it has, but it, but that that portrayal of the gospel has no real, like, power, power for now. For now, right, right. So, like, our yeah. say, and if you and if you look at that portrayal of the gospel, like, we're saved from eternal torment in hell, into to be with in uh, with God in heaven, uh, one day. Our when you look at it like that, it's like our Savior is in a way like death, right? Like we're when we die, we finally mm. get to experience him. Him. Yeah. So like, what about now? And I feel like that's that's kind of the issue that a lot of Christians are in is like this is just a waiting period. Like people yeah. just see this as a waiting period. And if that were the case, like God would have just like when we got saved, like He would have just taken us into heaven. Like yeah. if there was no if there was no purpose for our lives now, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if there was no benefit of the gospel for us today 
Yeah. See, that's such a good point. I used to think the most powerful thing I could do as a Christian on the earth today was to tell more people about Jesus and get them saved, get them to say that, you know, sinner's prayer so that their souls are rescued from hell. That was my job. That was my duty. That's the most powerful thing I thought I had, um, you know, was a track I had memorized. And now knowing the fullness of the finished work, um, and I'm still growing in that every day. Um, so I, I, I don't, even comprehend it fully, um, I'm sure, um, because it's so profound. Um, now knowing what I do know, though, is that the most powerful thing I can do now on this earth today is not just convert people um, to be going to heaven when they die and get them a a getting out of hell free card. The most powerful thing we can do today is take God at his word and understand that when Jesus died, he restored back all power and all authority for us to live on the earth today um, with all power and all authority Mm. over every spiritual, dark, tormenting spirit um, that is at work today. And so we have to realize something, that if there is a dark realm operating on the earth today, if the devil is real, if demonic forces have power, if we're going to acknowledge that, but then, but then act like we're waiting to get to heaven before that we have any, any power over everything, there's an issue there. Um, and this is what I saw growing up, this partial good news, we get to go to heaven when we die, but almost every Christian leader, um, I knew there, there was no power. Mm-hmm. There was just defeat. Mm-hmm. There was depression. There was failed marriages. There was de- just um, defeat in every area of life and packaged up in this humility that was truly false humility. I'm just assuming like, you know what? This is the burden I must bear and this is what it's like to be a Christian and it's hard and, you know, and can't wait to get to heaven when we die. Mm-hmm. When in reality... What we believe now and preach so strongly is that as he is, mm. so are we in the world today, right. is what the Bible that's, says. And it's, it's are yeah. you going to get a no, reference for everybody? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's First John 4, 17. First John 4, 17. Yeah. So as he is, so are we now. So this is huge. And I, I don't want to just read over that. So this doesn't mean as Jesus was on the earth, so are we now. I mean, that would be awesome in itself. Um, but it says as he is. So where is Jesus? Right now. Seated seated at the right hand of the Father. Yeah, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Wow. And so as he is, so are we now in this yeah. world. This is good news. And Ephesians 2.6 says that we're actually seated in Christ in heavenly places. Yeah. So, right. so our spiritual... The partial gospel we're talking about is right. that Jesus died and he lives in us. Right. Amazing. Yeah. But the full gospel is Jesus died, he lives in us, we're going to heaven when we die, and... We're also... We're also in him. In him, yeah. So it's in so heavenly much, places above. And what does that mean? Yeah. So what does that mean? So if we're in Christ, what does that mean for our lives? What does that mean for the defeat we're living in? What mm. does that mean for the depression that's torturing our mind every day and the anxiety that we feel? What does that mean um, for the family members who are constantly um, persecuting us and speaking lies over us or abusing us? What does this mean? If we're in Christ, it means if he has power over that, so do we. Mm -hmm. And the most powerful thing I can do 
in this world today is not just tell people about Jesus. It is, I have, I have this opportunity to live my life with the full power and authority of the finished work of right. God, which means that everything that was coming up and, and could, could, could prosper against us, could rise against us, I have authority over. Right. Um, and it's not this egotistical, like, authority. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that what Jesus did was so much more than just get me to heaven when I die. He got heaven into you. That's the he thing. He got heaven into me. So, so yeah, so, so Jesus, all right, so he came, he lived the perfect, sinless, spotless life on our behalf, fulfilled the law because we couldn't. Don't lie to yourself. You can't. <laughs> Don't try to live by the law. Um, I've tried. It's really hard. You fail every time. But when you believe, the good news is that, you know, Jesus, he died, but he didn't just die and, and he didn't just take our sin. He died as us. He became it. He became yeah. sin. He became everything um, bad about the human race, about us. Um, mm-hmm. And he died. And with it, it died. And it says that um, we actually are dead to sin. Romans 6. Count yourselves dead Amen. to sin. Um, and alive in Christ. Alive in Christ. Um, so the good news is that um, you are no longer under the burden of the law. Uh, Christ came. By believing in him, um, you are actually made righteous, which is you're put in right standing with God, um, and you are completely justified before him. Um, as a son or, or a daughter, um, you become in his, a part of his family, so you are in relationship with him. Um, and that's just, like, that's just like a part. Like I mean, we can go deeper and deeper, but... Um, that's just like the good news that changed my life and knowing that Christ is in me, that I am a new creation, that all my sin was nailed to him, that I died with him and that when he rose, I rose, um, seeing myself as Christ on the earth today. Yeah. That like right there. Me walking around like I'm yeah. like, <laughs> like, cause we say, um, you know, we say things like, you know, my identity is in Christ. Well, what does that mean? Cause like mm. you say, we'll say my identity is in Christ. But then you still see yourself as your sinful self, mm-hmm. and that those two things can't coexist. Yeah, like you either identify as in Christ. Yeah, you have to. Or you identify <laughs> as in sin. Yeah, and which one are you? And the Bible says you're dead to sin. If you're if you're a believer, you're dead to sin. So you have to confront these things. You yeah. have to. What we're talking about with religion versus relationship to tie it, to kind of bring it back in is, um, you have to confront these patterns of thinking that you've been brought up with. Yeah. With the Word of God. Um, and rightly dividing and it. rightly dividing the word of God like under the new covenant um, dispensation of grace what we're living in now you know you have to see yourself as if you're a believer you're in Christ you're dead to sin all these all these things apply to you so that means that if you're seeing yourself as still a sinner um, still a slave to sin all these things that you were before Christ, if you think that continued on after Christ, well, there's a huge problem. And you're not going to live in the abundant life that Jesus came to give you because your believing is out of, is out of whack. Like, it's, it's not correct. And, and that's kind of why we're, we're wanting to talk about this in the podcast is we believe that um, right believing re- leads to right action, yeah. leads to right manifestation of who we are in Christ. Um, Definitely. So all these things that yeah. you want to be, um, a good Christian, doing the right thing, making the right choices, living a pleasing and acceptable life before God um, is not going to come out of your self-effort. 
It's going to come out of right believing. Um, it's going to come out of believing what was done on the cross in its fullness. And even just knowing what the word salvation means. So what does it mean to be saved? I would have said, oh, it means you believe in Jesus and now you're going to heaven when you die. And now I know what the word saved actually means. So the Greek word for the word saved is sozo. And if you look up, so I just pulled up on my computer um, the definition of the Greek word sozo. So every time the word saved, salvation is used, I want you guys to hear what it truly means. Sozo means brought to safety, ensured by salvation, made well, made whole, preserved, recovered, restored, cured, healed, delivered, forgiven. That sounds good. So many things. Not and that's just, what Jesus did for you on the cross. Yeah. So like Cody said, he became your sin, but he became sickness. He became a curse, the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Um, so to believe in things or sit under teaching that lets you believe that on this side of the cross in the new covenant, that a generational curse has power over your family is incorrect. Because Jesus became that curse so that right. you can live in freedom. Right. Jesus became sin so you can live forgiven. Jesus became sickness so you can live well um, and live in wholeness. Um, when he was having the Last Supper and talking about communion, he said, this is my body broken so that yours can be whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the good news. The good news is not that you live a broken life mm-hmm. and get to heaven and be made whole. No. It's now. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life abundant. Yeah. He says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I think that's a major thing too is um, religion muddies the water of what is God and what is the devil. Mm. And um, I think a lot of people today, um, when tragedy hits, when people die, when sickness comes to their bodies, um, when there's destruction, um, we kind of write it off as the, the sovereign will of God. We kind of write it off as... Um, well, you know, God is in control of everything, and, um, you know, if, if I'm sick, then that's just God's will, and, um, you know, if this person dies dies um, a young death or, like, something tragic happens, well, I guess God just needed another angel. Um, we say things like that, and the devil is, like, so stoked about that because he's able to just go wreaking havoc and killing and destroying, and the people yeah. of God are not opposing him. The people of God are just crediting it. it. They're they're <laughs> yes. crediting it to God and saying, "Well, what what will be will be." And yeah. the church is wow. weak and feeble, and they're not stepping into their authority. They're not stepping into who they are in Christ. And the devil's having a heyday right now. All because because we don't understand who we are, we and we and, and we yeah. don't understand who God is. We don't understand His goodness. Um, and so that's what this podcast is about. And I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. This is very blunt, <laughs> um, but it's true. Like. God in Jesus is the perfect representation of God the Father. Um, yeah. He was a full revelation of God. So if you don't see Jesus doing it, then we can't say that God did it either. And he's not yeah. doing that anymore. So yeah. Jesus, what I hinge it on is Jesus said, I come to give life and life abundant. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We have to get that right, okay? Mm-hmm. We have to understand that God wants... Um, he wants us to live life to the fullest. He wants us to be prosperous in our health and our emotional health and our mental health, uh, physical, spiritual health. He wants us to prosper in yeah. all things. Um, and when we're prospering, like, and it, it makes sense. Like, if we are healthy and whole, um, 
we are such better witnesses. Like we are a light to the world shining bright and people are going to be like, I want what you have. Absolutely. And that's truly what's always been my my problem as a teenager with, you know, witnessing in general is I would have this thought of like, yeah, I don't want them to go to hell when they die, but also like, what do I have to offer beyond that for now? Right. It's kind of like I have this this promise for later, but for right now, like, sorry, like I just saw brokenness. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's not attractive. I remember thinking that phrase as a teenager, like, what is so attractive mm-hmm. about being a Christian? Mm-hmm. Truly, right now, um, why not just live how you want to live, and then, you know. <laughs> Hope that on your deathbed you get that opportunity to then believe, you know, and go and go to heaven if that's all that it's about. Yeah. It's just making sure you get there. And it's not. It's about living now. It's about being well now. And like you said, being well, being whole, having joy, mm-hmm. having rest. This is attractive. Look at your life and look at the fruit of your life and it will point out the tree and what you're believing. Yeah, yeah. And that's something like, if, if you're depressed, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, if you're, you know, whatever it is, like yeah. you're down, you just have this heavy burden, like think, really think to yourself, like, is this really God's will for my life? Like, does God really want this? Yeah. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, who have I'm burdens. Burned out on religion. Right? Burned out on yeah. religion. I'll give you rest. Mm. Jesus wants to give you rest. Jesus is the lover of your soul. He loves you. And so... Um, what I want you to walk away from this podcast with is just, we're trying to point out the lies that maybe we've grown up with believing about God. Uh, we want to point out what religion tells us about God and we want to, we want to point out who God really is. Um, so if you've noticed some things, just bring it to God in prayer. Like start, start really asking him to reveal who he is to you. Um, you know, and we want to pray for you too. Like if, if this is something that, you know, if you've been, if you're noticing that you've been struggling with um, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, um, physical illness, whatever it is that's going on in your life, like we want to pray for you. Uh, we believe that God heals today and um, that he, his will is to heal you um, and to walk with you and to give you abundant life. So uh, yeah, Alyssa, you want to, you want to pray? Yeah. Um... And I want everyone to know, too, just because this is one of, one of the first recordings that um, we're not doing this because we want to hear ourselves talk or because we don't get to talk about um, these, these topics. Yeah. We are constantly right. teaching this and talking about it. Um, the reason for this is because, like you said, the world's desperate for yeah. good news. And just um, this week, there have been two more celebrity suicides. Right. And people need hope. People need hope. And they need good, and they're not the true good, and news. they're not finding it. And and let's be honest, people. Religion has failed. Like let's let's be completely honest. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about like all like I know there are amazing churches out there that are doing amazing things and helping people and spreading the gospel and all that stuff. But like in general, like there's a lot of people that have been very hurt, very burned out, um, and damaged by the teachings that the church have been giving. For, it, for a long yeah. time. It hasn't been spreading life. It hasn't been helping people. People would rather, you look at it, it's like the church has failed in a, w- a lot of ways because people, you know, I think Jesus wanted to establish a community of people that love each other and that welcome the outcasts and that welcome people that are hurting. Mm-hmm. And it's been the complete opposite. It's been this like, 
inclusive or exclusive like is that the right one exclusive yeah, yeah exclusive um the kind of like bigoted like community like where it's like you have to be good enough and and then you look at like the people of the world they feel more comfortable going to like a crossfit gym or like going to yeah. you know what i'm saying like to find community and and the church should be that place where broken people want to come you know like yeah. people and that's the key i like that you just said that because i think that this generation of church is getting that right yeah. of broken people being welcome mm-hmm. here's my thing with that it's beautiful to welcome broken brokenness um but it is powerful to have your message be this your brokenness is welcome here right but it can end here too that's good um because this mentality of we're broken sinners saved by grace is only good for so long right. before it becomes frustrating so and you don't see victory right. in that. Yeah. Um, and I just want anyone who's listening right now to know there is victory for you in whatever brokenness that you're currently living in. Living in. Mm-hmm. This is not it for you. This is not God's plan for you. This is not as good as it gets for you. There is victory for you and there is hope Um in that, and we're gonna have future podcasts about what it really looks like practically to walk in victory. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not mean your life is perfect. It does not mean bad things don't happen to you. Right. Um, but it means you have power when they do. Right. Um, you're not alone, and your brokenness does not define you. Right. Um, that salvation means you've been made whole, um, and we're gonna learn together how to walk in that and how to receive that. So, right. uh, let's just pray. Um, yeah for everyone listening, um, and for the church today. So, um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for an opportunity to discuss your finished work on the cross. Um, and we just want to thank you for what was done, um, and give you glory for what was done in its fullness. Um, I ask Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are the best teacher about what Jesus has done. And so I just ask that for everyone listening, that you would come to them and begin to teach them what intimacy is with God, void of religion, that you begin to to bring up to them, um, bring to their memory um, different phrases, different lies that they are believing that are keeping them from experiencing intimacy with our Heavenly Father, with our Abba Daddy. And I just pray um, for anybody out there who is feeling broken um, and frustrated, uh, just upset in in all areas. Um, I just pray that you be refreshed right now in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. that his goodness you'll begin to see. And it's that goodness that is going to lead you to repentance, which just means you're going to be transformed. Um, so I just pray for new ways for you to experience God's goodness this week um, and that you will be encouraged and refreshed. Yeah. I thank you, God, that you created us to be loved. And so may we find out together how good that is and what it means to be loved by you. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Abide Podcast. We'll see you soon.